FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode... 322 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked! I'm your host, Jason Venable, and it's time for March Madness Round 1. Yes, if everything goes according to plan, and let's be honest, how often does it? But <laughs> but if everything goes according to plan, um, we will have two March Madness episodes drop simultaneously. One in which I have a boatload of X-23, Wolverine, and Old Man Logan, and even Sabretooth comics to cover. And then another one with, of course, Dan and Georgie from Excalibros to talk about all things X-Men. So, hopefully you have both of those in your feed right now, and um, you can enjoy them both. Uh, This will probably be... Excuse me. This will probably be the shorter of the two. No, not too short. Maybe. I don't know. Depends on how much I feel like talking about these, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, and of course, you know, when, when I get with the Excalibros, we tend to, to dig a little deeper. So I'm sure that one will be a little bit longer. Um, but anyway, yeah. You ready to talk about some comics for March 2019? No hoops. No hoops talk unfortunately, um, on this episode. Though my bracket's doing okay at the time of this recording. Not not great, but okay, if anybody cares. But that's not why you're here. I'm sure there are probably, I haven't looked, so I don't care, but <laughs> there are probably like really good like March Madness dedicated podcasts out there that you can listen to. But we're going to talk about Wolverine, because that's what we do. <clears throat> All right, here we go. So, first up, we have X-23, number 10, which is X-Assassin, part 4, written by Mariko Tamaki, penciled by Diego Orla Tagui, inked by Walden Wong, colors by Chris O'Halloran, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, and the cover by Ashley Witter. This is a pretty cool cover. Um, We have three... Ex-assassins in the foreground. We see the backs of their heads and shoulders, knees and toes. Um, and then jumping at us, at the reader, from the background is, of course, Laura and Gabby. Claws out, ready to go. This is a pretty good cover. <clears throat> so remember that Dr. Chandler has... Um, Dr. Chandler being from Friends who had done some previous experimentation on Laura, has done a couple of different cloning experiments that we've had in, in this these stories. And his most recent is he's made a group of clones with some technological enhancements that are the perfect assassins, but he took away their healing factor. And basically the gist is that he's making a disposable army. It's, it's economically sound as well, right? You make these assassins, they get used... Maybe they don't get damaged the first time, but, you know, 
two or three missions, they're probably going to sustain sustain some pretty pretty serious damage and no longer be valid. So then you got to go back to the good doctor and order some more assassins for your next next task. So he figures not only does it help keep them under control, but it helps keep the demand up and he can make more supply and therefore more money. <clears throat> now remember, um, the uh, you know our, our heroes had found one of these that had attacked and attempted to, to put Laura and Gabby down and of course Laura is very um, hesitant with their, their find but Gabby's like oh it's our sister and is treating her as such in, in sweet sincere Gabby style. Um, so Laura has gone to Med Extronics where she is now facing an army of ex-assassins and of course Dr. Chandler waxes eloquently that this idea came to him after Laura had put him in the hospital by cutting his legs or his tendons out of his legs and so you know that's real fun. Um, color work on these pages really good by the way alternating different emotional colors yellows blues and reds um and laura stops him in his tracks says i'm tired of listening to you talk i can give you a whole speech but i'd rather just end this and we get a snicked listen to the snick it's an awesome snick it's just the panel is just like a a small vertical rectangle with the snicked vertically down the side with the focus on her hand in the yellow background. But it's a really cool snicked. Um, and so she's about to cut through them, but he releases the whole army. They all activate at once and go after Laura. And then the pages go all red as Laura just gets slammed and sliced and diced and dogpiled by these ex-assassins. But then... Gabby and the new one, the one that they, they saved, come in and Gabby says, give me back my sisters. <laughs> and uh, and the, the one is fighting with her and she gave um, this one ex-assassin a, a shirt that kind of matches their, their costumes. And um, that's how they're, uh, oh, it's just a Kenny jersey. It's like an X-Men jersey with Kenny on the back for Laura. Oh, Gabby. Um, and that's how they can identify which one. Because <laughs> they all look the same, have the same armor. Um, and that's how they can identify which one is, is apparently on their side. Though Laura is still cautious. Like, you know, why is she here? Can she really help us? Uh, the doctor tries to escape to a helicopter. Laura's like, okay, you guys take these guys. I'm going to go after the doctor. So, yeah. Then the this the ex-assassin that's on, on our side points to the, the top control room and does a fastball special with Gabby who flies through the window and is trying to figure out what to do. Uh, the other one comes up there and then we see Laura and a very cool sequence of panels uh, approaching the helicopter and our ex-assassin has taken some pretty serious damage and it looks like she does not have long. Uh, of course, they can't talk either, so she like points to herself, the points to the control board, and there were some initials on her uh, that was T-U-O-K-S, and so, you know, Gabby was trying to call her like Tooks, or Twooks. Um, of course, this is interspersed with scenes of Laura catching the helicopter, um, you know, Tooks <laughs> is uh, trying to show Gabby, you gotta hit this button. Um, I'm going to take care of you. 
And Gabby starts tearing up, says, It's not fair. It should be fair for the us's too, but it's not. And so we see also uh, the scientists shoot Laura, but then Tux jumps up and grabs the helicopter and gives Gabby a countdown. One minute, 30 seconds from when she left the booth. And Gabby's down to a minute. She's like, you don't even have a name and you're over. And we find out what the abbreviation stood for. It was Total Unit Operations Kill Switch. And so that's what she's going to push. And right as she's, you know, about to push it, uh, the Tooks eyeballs Laura. And she's like, what are you doing? And he, she pushes her off. The helicopter. Then she grabs the doctor and is about to kill her. Laura's still falling. And she's like, you can't kill me. So she doesn't. So she shoots the helicopter controls. Right as Gabby pushes the button with a very tearful goodbye. And all of the ex-assassins just collapse. Um, including our tooks. Uh, but the helicopter also crashes um, into a ring of fire. And so, you know, they lost their... their potential sister, but they, they stopped the army of assassins and put the doctor down. But of course, Laura later at home is like, well, you know, good job, good mission. I'm really sorry, Gabby. I know you're, you're really hurting over this, but, you know, from a mission standpoint, you know, not all of this doctor's work died with him. So we have some loose ends we probably still have to tie up. And Gabby's thinking and and she's looking at the breastplate with the initials and she starts, you know, rearranging them and comes up with the name Scout. And so that's where we end the story with Gabby just kind of sweetly um, remembering her, her sister that she wasn't able to save, her clone. Um, but she comes up with a cool name. Now, I'm curious. I don't think that name is just a dangling Sweet thread. Look at look at how cool Gabby is. Though that's fine if it is. But I'm curious if um, that shows up again somewhere. Maybe they find uh, maybe a clone that, that got away or or something and that becomes Scout. I don't I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but all in all, a very nice end to this story. Artwork is fantastic. I'm really growing even more. I, you know, I've liked uh, Diego from the start, but every issue. It's like I'm a little more, a little more. Um, the colors are really gelling, so that's pretty cool. And, you know, Tamaki still just really gets the interaction between Laura and Gabby. Um, I feel like the story kind of, you know, the series has been really, really high on my list. And this story was still really good, but maybe not quite as good. But I feel like this ending really lands for me. Um, it kind of puts this book back where where it should be in my esteem. Um, I'm going to give X-23 6 out of 6 claws. Um, really, really enjoyed it. It was really fun and just still loving this, this series. Um, hopefully it's still got a lot of legs left, I hope. Um, don't really see people talking about it a whole lot. So, you know, if you like it, get the, get the word out there. Um, you know, or tweet at me. Let me know what you think. If you're enjoying this series as much as I am, um, I definitely, with some other books kind of uh, falling to the wayside, like you know your Exiles and just stuff like that. I, I hope this book is safe. I know West, West Coast Avengers also uh, coming to a close. Some of the some of the other more fun kind of books that I've been enjoying, not not really lasting as long. I I hope this book is still really safe. You know, even after we get whatever new Wolverine series we're going to eventually get. 
But speaking of that, let's move on to Wolverine Infinity Watch number two. Written by Jerry Dugan, art by Andy MacDonald, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, and the cover by Giuseppe Camincoli with Roberto Poggi and Dean White. These covers have been pretty great. Of course, we had kind of the the maybe slightly silly but iconic image on, on issue one with the Infinity Gauntlet and Three Claws. This is just really good. Um, we have Logan in Street Claws facing off against the Chitauri Warbringer and Loki kind of cowering in the background. Um, you know, kudos to Kevin Coley, of course, for some great, great art, but the colors really jump out of this cover. Um, so I don't, I think Pogi might be the inker and White the color. I know Dean White is usually a colorist. Um, so I, I don't know if he did the colors with Pogi or, or Pogi just did the inks. I think that is what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. All right, cool. But anyway, yeah, regardless, a really, really great cover. Um, just really kind of action-packed, shows kind of what we're going to get. So remember Loki and our freshly returned Logan um, are trying to hunt down this, this prisoner from Texas who has a, the time stone um, because Phoenix Wolverine from the future told him they needed to. Um and we see Phoenix Wolverine and Old Man Thor in the future having some mead. Uh, I'm going to see if their their history book changes <laughs> before their eyes. Um, meanwhile, we're in Texas and we have some sheriffs kind of putting together a search party for this escaped convict. And the Warbringer shows up and wreaks havoc and just kind of murders through some of these police officers. But look, he's got a fly-in Viking boat. Um... And he and, and Logan are on the on the boat. Um, Logan's popping beer bottles. Um, they have the, the diamond time bath that future Phoenix Wolverine gave them. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Um, Logan's like, let's just save this dummy and get on with our lives. And Loki's like, yeah, yeah. We must get back to whatever you do best. <laughs> And so they're flying through the sky. They see some helicopters. They're like, oh, that's the news story. And sure enough, the helicopters are... Uh, the police have found the convict. He's on a motorcycle going down the highway, weaving in and out of traffic. And Logan's like, Hector, get your ass up here. And grabs him off the motorcycle, pulls him onto the Viking boat, where there's a lot of empty beer bottles. <laughs> um, he tries to freeze time, but he can't because Wolverine has the bat. And then the Warbringer jumps on board the boat. He's found the convict, too. And he grabs Logan's head and tries to squash him like Hulk-style. Um, causes the boat to crash. But Loki gets Hector. But Hector um, either teleports away or like advances time so quickly away that, that he seems to disappear. And Loki's like, damn it. Um, then we get a double-snicked... Um, where Logan kicks the bat to Loki and says, I got the Shatari. It says, Welcome to Earth, Bub. I wish that had been on the same panel with the Snicked. Um, he should have said, Hey, I'm going to get the, the big boy and then popped his claws and said, Welcome to Earth, Bub. Small, small complaint. Um, he didn't really not even complain. Just say, Hey, would you rather? Um, anyway, he attacks the Shatari. The Shatari's like, Finally, a word of the opponent, but not good enough. And he throws Logan across several cars and 
a parking lot and then like immediately into this wide open like desert ranch with some longhorns hook em horns right um and the shatari is gonna search for the convict but loki finds the first trips him with the bat and kind of says what's so special about you and then uh the shatari warbringer shows up loki casts a spell to make some duplicates of himself he's not happy but then logan had caused a stampede of longhorn cows have you ever been to Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium, the intro, when the, the Longhorns come out onto the field? Um, it's kind of a, a scene of like a stampede of, of Longhorns, and then it kind of goes to the video screen over the tunnel, and then the, the team comes out. <laughs> Very specific to us Longhorn fans, but um, yeah, the rest of you guys probably don't care. <laughs> anyway, that's what it reminded me of, so that's why I brought that up. When the Shatari is, he's getting literally just and trampled is like I hate earth and Logan jumps over some cows and stabs the Shatari again and he's like you're a tough little booger and he's like yeah I am <laughs> and Loki says well I'm here if you need any um moral support and then the Shatari literally he take he grabs Logan's arm he's got Logan kind of a headlock and he grabs Logan's arm and instead of saying stop hitting yourself uses his claws and says, your bones may be unbreakable, but what about the space between your bones? And uses Logan's own hand to decapitate him. He's like, oh, guess not. Now, give me my stones. Um, And Loki's like, Hector, run! (laughs) And uh, he punches... What, What does he do here? Oh yeah, he punches through Hector right through his stomach and grabs a stone so this mine teleports above his ship Loki's like good luck and then um, Loki says uh, alright guys and takes a bow and Logan's on the ground not decapitated and Hector is standing there not with a hole through his stomach and of course it was one of Loki's illusions he let the Chitari see what he wanted to see and um Logan says, I wish you'd be faster with your whammies. He's still pretty banged up. Maybe not lost his head, but still pretty banged up. Of course, we get a double snack, which just by default will be one of our snacks of the year. <laughs> and Hector's like, you cannot take me to jail. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, but, you know, we got to get you somewhere. You want to take him to Asgard? And Loki's like, eh, Asgard ain't what it used to be. And we get a double snicked as a purple ball shows up. And uh, um, I forget the guy's name. Talon, maybe? Uh, the dark hawk guy with the fur coat. Um, he jumps out and grabs Hector by the neck and then pops away. And Loki's like, um, let this go here. And Logan's like, nah, everyone's kind of pissing me off. We should probably go after this guy. So that's what they're going to do. I got to say... I'm really digging Andy McDonald's art. And of course, Jordi Belair's colors are always awesome. But this story, now that it got moving, you know, it's kind of so, so, like, pretty good on the first issue, but not amazing. Um, now in the story, we kind of got the setup out of the way, and this story is actually, like, firing at full speed. I really love this issue a lot. Um, much better than, than Wolverine Returns. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. 
Loki and Logan together are are just precious. <laughs> like that a lot. Um, you know, they got to have a big old fight with a big old hulking Chitauri Warbringer. That was fun. And we're gonna face off against some Darkhawks, who, by the way, stole Wolverine's three claw motif. Um, so that should be fun next issue. But really, really digging this issue. Very well written. Very well drawn. Very well colored. Nice pacing and just a whole lot of fun. So I'm going to give... I think I gave number one four out of six claws, maybe. Yeah, hesitant four. Uh, this one is by far six out of six claws for me. I thought it was just pretty fantastic. A huge step up from the first issue that I thought was just a lot, a lot of fun. Um, So where is our, our, our pal Wolverine next? Well, he's going to go to Hulk Vereen's number two. Written by Greg Park, art by Gui Villanova, colors by Maury Hollowell with Chris Sotomayor, um, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, cover by Greg Land, Jay, shh, listen, and Frank Diamarta. And on the cover, we got Leader's big old head in the background with Dr. Alba, and then uh, Weapon H and Wolverine with claws out in the foreground, but only from the waist up. Um... Maybe not quite as good as the first cover, but still pretty good. Um, and so remember, everyone's trying to find Weapon H, and his family is going to a secret location. It looks like they're driving off a bridge like an accident, but turns out their SUV goes underwater, and there's an underwater base. And they get there, and um, the kids are explaining what happened to the grandma. That's probably one of the better parts of the story, is, is the way the kids are written. Um... And then we see Weapon H and Wolverine fighting above ground. Um, I don't really necessarily care for Wolverine's characterization here. He's really just like, hey, you're biting my style. I don't like that, so I'm going to put you down. Um, there's a little bit of like, hey, people are blaming me for what you're doing, but everyone thinks he's dead still. They really harp on that um, in some of the other issues we read. Um, so I don't know why people necessarily think, oh, well, Wolverine's back, and even if they did, why well, he would necessarily care if he's trying to kind of let people believe he's dead, then if there's some other guy that they confuse for him, maybe they just let them chase that other guy, but he's uh, he's ready to fight, and so they fight. Um, you get some kind of cool stuff with their claws bounce off each other. Uh, Weapon H is staying in mostly human form, doesn't hulk out. Um... We see the leader and the shadow-based troops. They're trying to find everybody, but then Hulk shows up. He's mad. Um, he throws Weapon H down and says, I want the shadow-based guys and the leader. Uh, Wolverine drags him away, and Weapon H is like, no, my family. And Wolverine Logan's like, well, that resonates with me. I've lost family before. Call me sentimental, but now instead of fighting you, I'm going to help you. Let's get on my motorcycle. Uh, humanoid, I'm sorry, Leaner uh, pops out some humanoid seeds that grow, but then Jess, uh, not Jessica Alba, <laughs> Dr. Alba has some other, her version of humanoids, and the Leaner's actually like, ooh, these are better than mine. And they, there's a couple of pages of them fighting and teleporting and stuff, but then they eventually have an intellectual love party and say, why don't we help each other? Um, and then we see the Hulk run by. He uh, got some information about where 
weapon H's family is. So he figures he'll find them there. So they all go to the base. But the sun comes out and Hulk turns into Banner. And so he's going to drown, but they save him. And I'll pull him into the base. We get the best part of the book by far where they're saying who everybody is. And the kid's like, Oh, you mean Wolverine and the Hulk? And he puts his arm, he crosses his arms and holds three fingers up and is like, Snick! <laughs> and the little girl's like, Rawr! And like, flexes her muscles, hulks out. Um, by far the best part of the book. Best panel by a long shot. Um, and, you know, the leader and Dr. Alba go back to the base and decide they're gonna, you know, Weapon H was a nice compromise, but why don't we just give Claw to the real Hulk and Hulk out the real Wolverine, and we can have all three. And according to our cover for issue number three, that's what is going to happen. So, there's that. Um, the art in this book is okay. I don't really care for the way this guy draws Logan. The story's kind of uninteresting. Weapon H just doesn't, it's not really doing it for me. I was hoping maybe this would would pick up my interest not so much other than the kids being kind of fun I didn't really find much to latch onto in this book um, so I'm gonna give Hulk Marines number two two out of six claws alright next up we have Marvel Comics presents number three with a trio of stories, of course, still. Uh, this time, Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Captain America. Our Wolverine story is The Vigil, Part 3. Written by Charles Soule. Uh, pencils by Paulo Siquiera. Inks by Oren Jr. Colors by Frank Diamarta. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Uh, we have a cool Arthur Adams cover again. Um, we have like an old house or something in a... A doorway with sunlight coming through it that's broken open. And hanging from the ceiling is Spider-Man. And on either side of his head are a crouching, attacking, ready, or just, you know, on guard uh, Wolverine and Captain America. It's a pretty great cover, i uh, got to admit. Uh, the, so far, the Arthur Adams covers have been the highlight of this series. Um, so remember, this the vigil is... Uh, Wolverine is helping um, Sylvie, or yeah, Sylvie, uh, fight the uh, the truth. This demon that shows up every ten years. So we start off in 1962, Nevada, at the site of a nuclear bomb test, and Sylvie and Logan show up to fight the truth. They're able to to stop him yet again. Um, some pretty cool art there. And then, uh, of course, Logan's all tore up, but Sylvie fixes his clothes. And i got to say, the highlight of this book, in several pages, are uh, Sikiera's facial expressions for Logan. Best part of the book by far. I mean, the art's definitely the highlight. But um, the look on his face when she uh, magically fixes his clothes, and of course, she's older now, right? I mean, it's been like 20 years since he saved her as a little girl. So, I mean, she's a... Uh, She's a, <laughs> an adult, <laughs> I guess. It's kind of weird when you try to think of it like that. But um, anyway, she says, you know what? Why wait 10 years to, to see you? Let's, let's get some time getting to know each other. Um, and she zaps them to Paris. Um, and uh, again, some great facial expressions as well. as like, oh, well, I don't know. Okay. 
we can hang out. And then uh, she zaps him into a suit, suit and tie, so he's ready to be stylish in 1960s Paris. Even his hair kind of flops down instead of up. Um, gotta say, he looks pretty cool. A little disheveled, maybe, but, but pretty cool. Um, so they walk around Paris, and they talk, and they get to know each other. Uh, there's a great scene of Logan frowning about his past. Um, they end up in a bar having some wine and some, some bread um, and talk about their different perspectives. And she's like, no, I mean, all the good you do, maybe, you, yeah, you have some rough times, but, but you're a blessing. You're a great person. And they continue to have wine and... and she kind of talks about herself and how lonely she is and all the pressure and, you know, this life of fighting this demon is really, you know, doesn't give her much to be herself. And she kind of cries and um, they smile at each other, lock eyes, and then you know, they sleep together. And uh, she writes him a note and zaps away and goes back to a band of gypsies, not the Jimi Hendrix guys, but just an actual band of gypsies and some kind of hunting lodge and says it's done so I don't know if her mission was to get Wolverine's guard down and get pregnant like she's gonna try to have you know like instead of depending on Logan for every 10 years maybe she they have their own baby magic Wolverine I don't know that'd be interesting I guess uh this story I've been kind of meh on this was a good chapter partially just because of Logan and Sylvie just kind of hanging out, having some conversation. Logan sounding like Logan. And like I said, the art and the facial expressions of both characters are really fantastic. And a little bit of intrigue on, you know, why did she seduce him? What was the objective there? Um, yeah, I'm going to give this chapter... Um, been kind of down this this story, but this is a very strong 4 out of 6 clause. Um trudging into that five territory. I don't really expect for the whole story to stay that interesting, but we'll see. I guess it depends on why why she tried to sleep with him. Um, no, it was a much, much more enjoyable chapter, a huge step up. Um, the Captain America story by Andrew Aiden and Daniel Acuna is interesting. Um, Cap lands in the South in the 60s after a fight and, and tries to do good and... and Standing at some racism, but it eventually makes the situation worse. Kind of an, an odd moral story. Um, but, you know, it kind of shows how displaced he's like, you know, I'm the greatest sho shoulder. I'm the greatest shoulder. I'm the greatest soldier who ever existed. I fight America's enemies, but how can I fight America itself? I like the things that are wrong with it. So, very interesting kind of story. Um, then we have a, a Spider-Man story where Hogan Crusher dreams about beating him through some kind of dream powers he has. Um, but yeah, no, a much more enjoyable tale of the Wolverine story. We'll see if that keeps up. Alright, next, Dead Man Logan 5 of 12. And to report back, the cover with the blood dripping down the, um, kind of the side label does get more red and go further down every time, so that's pretty cool. Um, since we're already talking about it, the cover is by Declan Shalvey. Um, here we have a Logan skeleton, all adamantium, but then the right hand is just bone. It's a pretty cool little image. And then uh, 
Sin and Mrs. Sinister jumping through his ribcage. Maybe frolicking. Sin's jumping. Miss Sinister is frolicking. <laughs> this, of course, is Sins of the Father, Part 5, written by Ed Brisson, art by Mike Henderson, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, and... Remember Old Man Logan and some of the X-Men got a Blackbird. They're attacking the Neo Hydra base with Mysterio. Um, we get some pretty close cool stuff. There's a really cool shuck scene as Old Man Logan jumps in the water and the Hydra guys are trying to figure out where they went. And he pops his claws into his head. But it's interesting because you know the Hydra uniform right now has the two lines that go down the head where the eyes are. So his claws outside claws match those two lines and pop out the top of his head and then the third claw comes out the center like a third line is is an interesting visual um very violent visual but you know and so of course they get on the boat and they're like uh who's missing oh hawkeye hawkeye's still in the drink and he's pretty funny um brisson has a good good hawkeye voice um so they get in they get inside and mysterio comes inside and says hey logan's coming and they're like, oh, you're alive. And he's like, I just wanted to warn you. And then I'm like, yeah, we know. But it turns out, of course, he has an ulterior motive. Um, she says to trust him. Um, old Man Logan and Jubilee come walking down the hall, and the Hydra guys shoot Old Man Logan. And Jubilee's like, no, you idiots. And it turns out what Mysterio did is made the Hydra agent see Old Man Logan and Jubilee, but really it was Crossbones and Sin. And of course, Sin is completely distraught that Crossbones has all been shut up, shot up, and shut up. Um, there's a really funny panel where Mysterio walks up with finger guns and goes, bang, bang, and Sin's going to kill him, but Miss Sinister's like, no, we got to get out of here. Um, but Sin doesn't really want to let it go. Uh, Mysterio tries to hypnotize Miss Sinister, but she's like, um, no. Our heroes uh, continue to fight Hydra bad guys. We get another shuck of bone claws through Hydra head. Lots of just great bantor. Um, old Man Logan is going to use the Regenix for one last time. But Sin shoots it out of his hands and the vial bust. So we get a double snick of popping the bone claws as she pumps Old Man Logan full of lead. Uh, she gets away, but Old Man Logan's like, Hawkeye, don't let him. And so he says, I won't. Mysterio finds Logan, and, um, you know, Logan takes a swipe at him and uh, gets him, puts him in a hug, and puts his claws with three holes through his fishbowl helmet. And everyone's like, oh, that's gross. A very brutal scene, violent scene, um, they capture Miss Sinister and Sin, Hawkeye and Globdu. They find Logan and they see Mysterio's body and all our X-Men. Get Logan and they're like, okay, well, let's get these guys into custody. Um, we'll come back for Sin and Mysterio. And they leave. And after they leave, Mysterio's corpse turns into a Hydra agent with three big blood holes in his head from Logan's claws. And like, you know what? We'll just leave him to rot. Um... And so Ford is like, okay, well, you want us to send you home now? About time to go to the Wastelands? He's like, soon. There's a couple of people I need to say goodbye first. And that's going to take at least seven issues. <laughs> and so um, 
the Mysterio goes back to the psychiatric hospital in Bedford Hills where they found him. And he dumps his costume in the fishbowl in the trash. Puts on his pajamas and his slippers and sits down. Looks kind of sad, but he's like, home sweet home, never leaving again. So art, of course, is great. Colors by Nolan Woodard is great. Henderson and Woodard are a dream team. Brisson continues to make the story vibrant and interesting. Um, just a lot. Just it's high energy. It's fun. It's funny at times. Um, it, you know, it keeps moving. It looks great. There's really nothing wrong with this book. Um, so once again, I'm going to give Dead Men Logan number five six out of six claws. I, I'm really curious because I was very up and down. Um, I thought. Lemire's Old Man Logan started strong and kind of ran out of gas. And then Brisson came on and it took him a while to get going. I know a lot of people really liked it kind of all the way through. So I'm curious if you're still liking this as much. So, you know, tweet at me or send a Facebook thing. Let me know because I'm absolutely loving this book. Um, I see lots of Wolfie Awards in this future uh, for 2019. Um I'm curious if everybody else is loving it as much as me. So, yeah, let me know. All right, next up, Wolverine, The Long Night, number three. Uh, written by Benjamin Percy, of course, who wrote the podcast. Art by Marcio Takara. Colors by Matt Mia. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover by Raphael Albuquerque is another great one. We have a start white, gray, and blue background. Mostly white, but with hints of gray and blue. You know, the Great North. Um, and we have Wolverine jumping through the air at a grizzly bear. But the ground's in a slant, so it gives the whole thing kind of a, a cool angle. Um, it's a great cover. Another really good cover to the series. Um, again, we kind of split, take two issues or two episodes of the podcast, put them in an issue with the comic. Um, our agents are learning more about Wolverine and where he's been, um, tracking him down. We meet the waitress from the podcast, get a story about the bar fight where he defended her. We made, we made the Lang Rocks and learned about both of their sons, you know, the hunter and the accountant. Um, we see the, the picture of Wolverine getting out, bailed out of jail by the Lang Rocks um, and then calling home to Marine, um, you know, stabbing the Lang Rock enforcer through the arm and escaping. Of course, and the Lang Rocks call and the police as uh, their son tries to capture the bear who supposedly mauled everybody. Um, and then they find another victim. Claws, claws, he had claws. And the assumption, of course, is that that is Wolverine. Um, I won't spoil that. In case you haven't heard of the podcast, you may want to read the comic instead. So we'll find out whether it's Wolverine or not, or what it might be. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still pre- staying pretty locked in, in step with the podcast, The Long Night, uh, which which I guess I should mention in case you're just now tuning in, was a serial podcast, and I guess a new one just started that I need to check out. Um, so more on that, but um, but yeah, no, this has been, it has been, um, you know, a, a pretty faithful adaptation with good art, and so I enjoyed the podcast, I'm enjoying the comic, um, very solid four out of six claws. Just kind of keep trucking along. Okay, so last but not least, we have a Sabretooth appearance in Black Widow number three. Written by Jen and Sylvia Soska. Art by Flaviano. Colors by Veronica Gandini. 
Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, cover by Clayton Crane. Um, and this cover we have Madame Mask and Black Widow shooting it out in a Madripoor shipyard. It's a pretty good cover. Not quite as uber sexy as the first couple, so that, that's good. Um, yeah, so we see there's a new No Restraints play alert being sent out, and everybody's like, ooh, 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 all these bad people. I really like Tiger's costume. It's a really interesting dress as she's getting ready to go to the party. She leaves her hacker buddy there to try to hack into the new video. We see Madame Mask um, back being... I don't know what's more characteristic for her to be super violent like in this one or be a little more fun like uh, in the Hawkeye West Coast Avengers. Um, There's probably a place for both. Anyway, her and Black Widow are are going at each other. Uh, Black Widow seems to get the upper hand and does and knocks her out and takes the mask and is going to infiltrate the party uh, with Baron Zemo and Sabretooth and Taxmaster. Of course, Taxmaster whose whole power is memorizing and copying people's body language, can tell that Madame Mask is not quite right. Um, her and Baron Zemo have some words, her and Tiger have some words, but really only Taskmaster can tell what's wrong. Um, we, we see the prince and we meet the guy from the videos. Um, Sabretooth really much, much more minimal role. He doesn't really get involved here. Um, at the front, he's just kind of watching the videos. He sees all the money. Um, he's drinking some champagne. Um, he does come in and interrupt at one point. Zemo's getting kind of handsy and aggressive with what he thinks is Madame Mask slash Black Widow. But, of course, with his sense of smell, he also recognized that it's really Black Widow. He comes in, intervenes, pushes Zemo away, and then winks at Sabretooth and says, Hope you don't mind me stepping in, but us good guys need to stay together. Right, Red? As he winks at her. Um, and so they have, a, they have a plan. They go upstairs to see the prince and the guy from the video. Um, but Sabretooth leaves. He, get, he takes some money and is asked to leave, and he does. And then the prince says, I know who you are. And the tall guy, um, you know, Black Widow plays her seduction, but they knew. And so he has a drug on his lip when they kiss, so it kind of backfires. She gets knocked out and chained up, and is going to be on the next video. Um, so still pretty dark, but not as explicit in its darkness. And in this issue, no shown victims of like children or helpless women. So a little easier to swallow uh, two faces in here. I didn't realize that. That's funny. Um but, um, yeah, so, I mean, seeing this happen to Black Widow, knowing that she's able to probably get out of it and, you know, fight back and stuff is not not as unsettling. <laughs> I mean, it's still pretty pretty dark and obviously terrible, but you feel a little bit better knowing it's your hero and that they have a good chance to, to kick some ass and come out okay. Um, the Sabretooth's still kind of waiting to see if he actually ends up, well, I, I mean... I'd see him do some fighting in this, this series at some point. Um, still not real sure how he got from wild animal in the woods, having lost his mind and being uninverted to this guy saying he's a good guy. So maybe this is, is before that end of the X-Force series, or maybe we're just going to ignore the end of that Weapon X. I said X-Force, I meant Weapon X. I don't know. But the art's pretty good. The story was a little better. Um... 
It's interesting. It's fine. I, I would give it a three out of six claws. <laughs> so not loving it, but definitely liking it okay. Um, so that's going to do it. So like I said, hopefully everything will go according to plan. And you can get to the end of this episode and immediately jump into the next episode with uh, me and Georgie and Dan from Excalibros. Um, so look them up on Twitter and then check out that episode. But definitely um, for the podcast that goes snicked, um, Twitter is at snickcast. You can like the Facebook page, which we've had a couple of new likes on there. So thank you guys. Um, feel free to like comment and stuff. I mean, I don't have any dreams of it ever being like the uncanny X cast Facebook page for Wolverine. That'd be pretty cool if it was, but I mean, I would love to see you guys like put your Wolverine opinions out there, whether they agree with mine or not is really of no consequence. So feel free guys. If you're, if you're still listening to, uh, Go out to the Facebook page and start some conversations, and you know I'll definitely jump on there and interact and talk to you guys. So, um, anyway, um, that's gonna do it. So until next time, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye bye, and snacked. <laughs>